Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. Hey everybody, it is Jeff Dwoskin. How are you? I hope you've been crossing many streams and you're back for more because we got more for you. I've been getting letters from all over the world. Glad you're enjoying these bonus episodes of Crossing the Streams. You can, of course, join us weekly live. We do it every Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and the Fireside Chat app. You can comment along, or if you join via Fireside, we can bring you on stage and you can chat along with us. How fun is that? Jeff, what is a Crossing the Streams bonus episode if I'm new to the show? Great question. Thanks for asking. Crossing the Streams is a live show that I do with a bunch of my friends, Bob Phillips, Sal D'Amelio, Ron Lippett, and Howard Rosner. And we bring in guests every week and we talk about shows that we love and that we're binging and that we think you should as well. It's that simple. A bunch of friends talking about TV shows, answering the age old question that you're always asking yourself. Hey, what should I be watching next? We're here to help you answer that question. This week's episode, we're talking about Only Murders in the Building from Crossing the Streams live episode 40, Mortal Kombat, the newer one from HBO, pulled from live episode 21, and In Treatment, pulled from live episode 31. Lots of greatness awaits. Let's kick it off with Only Murders in the Building. Enjoy. I had the pleasure of watching Only Murders in the Building. If you haven't been watching TV, then probably haven't seen that Steve Martin and Martin Short have been everywhere. So much to the fact that I thought this show had been out a month and a half before it <laughs> came out on Hulu. So it's a brand new show. No spoilers, but there, I don't think there's really, it's not at the point where you can really do much spoilers, but this the, the sp- one spoiler is it's delightful. It is mm. so good. First of all, let's Steve Martin and Martin Short together are two of the funniest people. You can tell they're genuinely great friends. They bounce off each other. And it's funny when you watch them in interviews, they kind of rip on each other. And Martin Short's character does that to Steve Martin in the show too. Steve Martin characters doesn't do it as much back just because that's the character. It's so good. It is so good. So here's the premise. It's Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez is uh, delightful. She is uh, actress most known for Wizards of Waverly Place. She's also most known in the Dwaskin household as my daughter Emma's obsession when she was younger. She went as Selena Gomez for Halloween. And I once spent a large fortune doing a meet and greet. This is how much she, my daughter loved her. Did a meet and greet with selena gomez and we went and i saw her i think it was second row it's second row (laughs) seats to see selena gomez in concert but here's the thing of note the say uh is so the opening act was a a very talented person named christine grimes I, i i hope i'm saying her name right and so christine grimes went on to the voice she was one of those people that was kind of discovered on youtube 
And so she opened for uh, her. And I remember, I remember because I was able to look back because I took picture and there was, you know, and, but this is, um, it end, her story ended extremely tragic. She was doing a show, a uh, fan or what, a crazy fan or whatever comes up there after a show and kills her like after a show. Um, this was maybe, I don't know, few years i mean it was a few years ago but it was like but anyway so little side note i happen to have of all the random people in the world seen her live so anyway so fatuation with selena gomez so i'm a big fan i loved uh, her but in this she's actually a much more mature actress and definitely holds herself with steve martin and martin short so that mm. kind of says all you really need to know in terms of the synergy between the three of them is really great so the funny part about this show is it it's all about podcasting, but I saw an interview with them. And the interesting thing is when they had conceptualized the show and started making the show, podcasting hadn't really boom boomed yet. Right. Like if you think of like podcasting is, it's probably not as big as it's going to be, but right now podcasting with the Joe Rogans and all that, it's, it's at a high, higher point than it's been in the past. So the, um, the whole show kind of circles around the three of them and there's a murder in their building. <laughs> The clever thing is they, they're all hooked. The, their thing that pulls them together, they're all hooked on the same true crime podcast, okay? Uh, so they're all fascinating with it. So they realize the new episode comes out, and they're like, what are you doing? Oh, and they realize this bond they have. They listen to this true co- crime podcast. So then there's a murder in their building. They live in this real she-she, huge New York apartment. I can't remember the name of it. but And so there's a murder in the building. So they decide they're going to do a murder podcast. They realize that they're at the cusp of the beginning of a murder and how many podcasts really do it, right? Because most of the true crime podcasts coming in after the murder years later and kind of recapping it. So it's about them trying to solve the murder while doing a podcast on their attempt to solve the murder. Mm. (laughs) The interesting thing about this is it was created by Steve Martin and Josh Hoffman. The characters are so nuanced and deep and it's, you know, they're all kind of lonely characters and they come together. And so they're doing this thing and there's like these nuances that are slowly coming out and uh, they're very well-written characters. It's really, really an interesting show. And so you can easily catch up on it. There are 30 minute, 33 minute episodes, tons of great uh, guest stars uh, Sting was the guest star as one of the people that mm. lived in the building. And, and so I, I definitely, I definitely recommend it. It's, it's been really great. Tina Fey is now the voice of that said podcast. And the interesting thing is they kind of flash forward and then they flash back and it's like, they do some really cool stuff with this show. It's very, hey, hey, how many very, episodes is it? Jeff? Is it yeah. There's it's four in, I don't know how many total I'm assuming there'll be eight or 12, like a normal season would be. But there's only four that are available right now. So you can easily catch up and then kind of ride the train. But mm-hmm. it's it's definitely something you should should watch. And where is it, Jeff? I'm sorry. I it's missed on Hulu. 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 It actually debuted as Hulu's number one like comedy of all time. It was the biggest debut mm-hmm. ever. Now, granted, they put a ton of money, Shit ton of money into it. Yeah. I don't think there was a place you could go where you didn't see a preview for this movie. And Martin Short and Steve Martin together went on, I think, every show in the world. They were just on Howard Stern. He just oh, came back. Otherwise, I'm I sure they would have done yeah. it before. That's right. He did. But, um, but the two of them are so funny. Martin Short's character is funny, but he's also deep. Selena Gomez is great. It's really, really good. It's 
if you, I'm not saying it's Ted Lasso feel like that, but in terms of like putting them right next to each other on the shelf and as like just good, enjoyable shows to watch, definitely check out Only Murders in the Building. It, so, it, the, fun, the, the title is funny because they're like, we can do multiple crimes. And they're like, let's just do <laughs> Only Murders in the Building. That's okay. <laughs> that's, that's so, so Jeff, two, two things right off the bat. So, so first off, you know, when, when you, when, when the name Only Murders in the Building came out, like, and I knew nothing about the show, like, I'm a huge, the movie road to perdition. I'm a huge fan of that movie. And, um, you know, Paul Newman's big line in, in that movie, you may remember when they're all accusing each other of murder, Paul Newman says to everybody, all the mobsters in the room, there's only murders in this room. Uh, right. And so that was the big line of road perdition. So I thought it was going to be like a darker show than what you're describing because of the Paul Newman well, uh, road to perdition. There's a, thing. there's a darkness to it in that there's a murder and there's some potential dark backstories and they the characters are kind of nuanced, but it's a comedy. It's funny. Yeah. It's fun. Martin, but I, a who, you know, I do believe what I, I do. Uh, I'm aligned with uh, CRP who in, in the uh, comments just now talked about big uh, Selena Gomez fan. I am a huge Selena Gomez fan. I think she is a huge talent. And, uh, and, and she was great in the big short. And I think she does great <laughs> in all of her acting cameos. And she's just, a, she's a great talent to hang with those two icons. Like she did. That's amazing. It's, it's nice for episode 40 to have, uh, the CRP back. He, um, and, uh, I convinced him. So that's good. Yeah. I like, I like <laughs> Selena Gomez too. Look, wizards of Waverly place. You know, if you grow up at a certain, if your kids are of a certain age, you, you watch certain shows growing up and the way Disney works is like once you miss one, like I doubt Brian, you know, if you have young kids right now, they're not going to know what Hannah Montana was or anything like no. that. But we, yeah. we kind of rode the wave of, of Hannah Montana of mm-hmm. uh, Wizards of Waverly Place. Uh, Good Luck Charlie was actually one of my favorites. I had a crush on the mom, but the, um, you know, so, <laughs> so those, <laughs> those are the ones that, um, that we enjoyed. So I love like, if you go back and watch Wizards of Waverly Place, which I think they're even considering rebooting, it's great. It's it's a fun show, you know, for those type of shows. But <laughs> all right, you never know where the conversation's gonna go. If the mom from Good Luck Charlie is listening, call me. That review was done while the show was halfway aired. It's now fully aired, and I fully, fully, fully encourage you to go watch that show. It's amazing. Up next, we have In Treatment from episode 31 with friend of the show, Cal Verducci. Take it away, Cal. Cal's up next. We got, um, uh, we're going to go in. There you go. In Treatment. um, If if no one has, has anyone seen the old In Treatment? Because this is a newer version of it with a, a different therapist. Um, it's on the old one, yeah. Yeah, the old, well, the the old, old one, one yeah. had Gabriel Byrne as the therapist, mm-hmm. but he has now been replaced with, um, I got to say this right, Uzo Aduba. She's from Orange is the New Black. She played uh, Suzanne, a.k.a. Crazy Eyes. Oh, yeah. sure, sure. So and, talented. Yeah, oh, amazing actress. Um, As a matter of fact, at first I was a little hesitant because I was a big fan of the original series and I didn't like the fact that he was being replaced. But she is, in fact, a really good replacement. Um, She's an amazing actress. She plays the role well. Also, she has the perfect voice to be a therapist. She has like a very soothing kind of voice. And she does work as the therapist. But I will say that this version of the show does have some flaws, though, too, where... 
her character isn't as interesting as um, Gabriel Burns was, but I will say I, I do think she's actually a better actress than he was an actor. Um, the, the, the one thing I'll say about Gabriel Byrne, as much as I love him and he's a great actor, is he plays Gabriel Byrne in everything. He's just Gabriel Byrne. I mean, he's one of those guys. He has an Irish accent and he can't ever turn it off no matter what. Like he just sounds like he came directly from a, a pub in Dublin, you know, to, to be on the show. Yeah, he's he's not very versatile. She's more versatile. I mean, to go from playing a complete mental case on Orange is the New Black to playing a therapist, it, that, that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome that to go from that extreme to the next. Um, but like I said, the, the show does have flaws. Where her, the the guy who plays her boyfriend is completely miscast. They have a, a, his name's Joel Kinnaman, and he's played like he he was in uh what is it? He, he was Rick Flag and Suicide Squad. He was he's he, he he's like this alpha male like you know good looking tall guy. And I'm sorry, but I don't see them together. It's it's a, a complete mismatch. Uh, this is going to sound totally weird, but I'm I'm basically saying like, hey, he's completely out of her league. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that that quite that doesn't quite work. Um, the the acting though on the show from all the actors, all the actors are awesome. There's there's a character named Colin. He's like this narcissist uh, corporate criminal uh, that she sees, and he's fantastic very hateable but you can't stop watching the guy he's just you know fascinating uh there's another character named layla um she's a um a lesbian a black lesbian but all but also a, a raised ri- you know a rich and uh it's weird you you don't sympathize with her as much because she's she's just also kind of a rich bitch it, the, all the characters are very interesting but like i said the show does have flaws like the casting of the boyfriend, the actual therapist herself. There's there's one uh, episode of the show per week where she sees her, uh, her drug counselor because she used to be uh, uh, an out, like a, a druggie and alcoholic. And you would think that would be the most interesting episode per week, but it's actually the most least interesting. Like it's not as good as the, you know, the actual patients are. There's also this plot about her trying to find her long lost uh, kid and they, they just don't really go into it enough. Like the, and also the show ended. So the show, like, I don't even know if the show is over yet. Cause according to IMDB, the show is still going, but the show stopped on HBO like a couple weeks ago. I don't know if they're taking a few weeks off or the show is over because the way the show ended, it ended in a way where like you were still waiting for something else to happen. So that's, if the show is over, then it didn't quite, you know, it, it was kind of incomplete. I'll, I'll say that. I feel like with COVID, you, we don't, nobody knows what any, what any show is over. Yeah, I mean, they have actually <laughs> even worked the COVID angle into it where um, one of the characters, um, Eladio, and that's actually the best character in the show. He sees her, you know, through online. And and also when when the, the, the patients come into her office, the ones that do come in, they're like, I've been vaccinated. You know, they they definitely do incorporate a, a COVID aspect into it. Interesting. Interesting. Good show, great acting, but it is it does have its flaws. And it's not as good as the original series, except for the fact that I actually do think she is actually a better actor than um or actress than uh, Gabriel Byrne is. Uh, Ron, you said you've seen in treatment. I have not seen in treatment. Oh, okay. But I I'll just say, Cal, that I, I have never thought Gabriel Byrne 
even in in some of the uh, movies that he's considered usual in his best suspect. form, usual suspect, he's not that great. But it's like this presence about him that I don't know makes yeah. him kind of likable. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. It's not that he's not a good actor, but he's just like I said, he's Gabriel Byrne in every movie. It's yeah. just like Christopher Walken. He Christopher is. Walken is just Christopher Walken in every movie. How dare you, sir? I Seth, love Christopher Walken, the, though. I'm kidding. And I want Christopher yeah. Walken as Christopher Walken in every movie. But he is Christopher Walken in Christopher, every movie. He's the best. Well, yeah. Ron, it, this show's based on an Israeli show from 2005 called uh, Beatable. Uh, and it, if you like, I thought you said, do you see the first season? If you like this, uh, the Israeli version is very, very good. Uh, and I would suggest uh, someone like you who likes, you know, obviously foreign stuff uh, to check it out. But yeah, whatever. yeah, I, 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 maybe I, I will. I, um, I, you know what he was good in? Excalibur from 1981. That's yes. what he was good. In. <laughs> yes. 40 years ago, he had his peak. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I, I thought we, we do a quick apology just so that because there's captions. Apologies I, I, to the I have an issue with actors that can't can't erase their accent. Like yes. you should be able to do that. Cal, you know did I mean? you see? Did you see her, uh, Hereditary? Which, which I love Hereditary. I have talk about. Yeah, Hereditary. Right. Yeah. Hereditary is a fantastic movie. He is the worst part of that movie. I'm he not. Like, you know what? You're not wrong. But but Tony Collette is so good that you kind of she's forget. So that. good. You're right. Yeah. Right. You're right. Tony Collette is. The, Probably the most underrated actress out there, in my opinion. I, mm-hmm. I agree with yeah. that. I, I absolutely agree with that. I, I actually thought in the original show, I thought some of the best episodes were actually the episodes where Gabriel Byrne was seeing his therapist. Yes. Uh, who okay. was, uh, yeah. what's her what's her name from Parent? Diane Weiss. Yeah. Well, so they, they, they tried to do that with this too, but it doesn't come off as interesting because it's not even her therapist. It's her drug counselor. You know, it would um, be interesting if his therapist was Christopher Walken. Oh, <laughs> By the way, they have they have this that would be amazing. They have this tie-in where you find out that he Gabriel. was that Gabriel Byrne was her teacher. <laughs> he was he was the, the therapist that taught her to be a therapist. But they but he never shows up. You keep waiting for him. Like there's an episode where they imply that he's gonna meet up with her and then he pulls a no-show. And I'm like, oh, so basically they just couldn't afford Gabriel Byrne is what happened, you know? So they tried to set it up like he was going to be there and he never shows up. I don't know. I don't even know why they bothered to do that. Like, just don't even have him involved with it, you know? That is a mystery we will have to leave unsolved. All right. That was in treatment. Thank you, Cal. Up next is a deep, deep dive into the newest version of the movie, Mortal Kombat. Hold from episode 21 of Crossing the Streams. Sal D'Amelio's taking lead. We also got Zach Wiseman, Jeffrey Calhoun, friends of the show in there as well. Enjoy. Let's talk about one of the greatest anticipated movies of all time. Is it really? I'm so excited. Mortal Kombat. Wow. Wow. Let's talk well, about I'll tell you what, I, I, I watched it, no, so I'm, no, I'm ready. I'm, oh, I'm, me too. I'm, re- I'm ready yep. to hear you guys' take on it because I'm not a big Mortal Kombat guy. I never played the video game. I had to do some research on this. Jeffrey, thank you for giving me this uh, because it, it got me out of my realm. I actually watched it with my 90, almost 90-year-old father uh, who couldn't quite follow it because he watches Bonanza every night. So <laughs> it, was, it was a little tough for him. But uh, anyway... It's, it's based off the video game, but it's a martial arts fantasy film. I believe they did one back in 1997. I, I Googled that trailer, 
Uh, is it 1995? 95, uh, that, and okay. then they had a sequel at 97. Okay, okay, yeah. correct. So uh, I guess the, the one in 97, or one of them did, were critically horrible, and it just didn't do very well. <laughs> uh, and I watched that trailer, and yeah, it, the trailer was horrible. So, uh, But I just want to get a feel for it, uh, also the game and everything. But anyway, for me personally, I mean, I can't wait to hear you guys on it, but I thought it was a really good movie. I uh, loved how it started. Really cool scene with um, uh, uh, Hanzo is going back to his family and his wife and his kid and, and then his little baby in the, in the house. And then uh, this, this sub zero guy shows up and kills the family. And that's how it kind of starts. And then they go into the outer world. And, and but I, I saw that it, they've already had like, cause I, obviously with the game, you got to get 10 wins. Well, when the movie kind of starts after that opening scene, it's already, they've already won nine tournaments, uh, which I kind of had a hard time following, but obviously because I don't know the history of it, uh, but anyway, uh, that fight scene in the beginning was unbelievable. I thought it was great martial arts uh, technique. Uh, from what I watched in the trailer 30 years ago, the, there was a couple martial arts dudes in that one too. But this one, this um, uh, this dude, Louis Tan, who Cole, you, plays Cole Young, he's really good. And Lou, Lou Kang, who's played Lou, Lou Lin, his two names are almost identical. But he his martial arts in this is incredible. It's kind of like a Bruce Lee kind of character. Um, so I thought he was really cool. My favorite character was Sub Zero. I I think this this dude was unbelievable. He freezes every. He can freeze you and then kill you. There was this one scene. I hope I'm not giving too much away. But there's this one scene because he's kind of normal sometimes. And then he killed this one guy when he was normal. He started bleeding. He froze his blood like when it was coming out of him. And then he used the guy's blood to like throw a pick the, his blood pick into the guy's head i thought that was one of i mean that's like better than soprano shit right there <laughs> and uh but anyway the killing is unbelievable in this thing it's done very very well I, I can't wait to hear what you guys thought of the of the of the action sequence i mean there's an mma fighter in this thing um I, so i thought that was incredible it did get a little bit boring in the middle i won't lie just because i'm not that i mean i'm not into this stuff and there was like a lot of training sequences that were that were very uh very long and stuff but the fighting scenes were unbelievable. Oh, I wanted to say, I, if I could be anybody, I'd be that Sub-Zero guy, but I wouldn't kill anybody, okay? If I could have that that power to do that, I would sit outside Starbucks every day, and when people walk out of the Starbucks with their hot coffees, I would just make them freeze. <laughs> I would just do that all day and live That's my life. That's a dick move, Sam. <laughs> Uh, the, some of the other characters in this, Jax uh, was played by Menkad Brooks. Uh, he did a good job. The guy that did Sub-Zero was really good. Let me see. Oh, there was a lot of catchphrases in the in the movie from the video game because I saw a, a thing on the video game and they used a lot of those catchphrases and stuff in that. Anyway, share I, I, some I'm, of the catchphrases. Uh, I, I can't remember. I wrote some of them down, but I, I you guys might know them. But I just know that they used a lot of catchphrases and stuff that I didn't really understand. But I, I just know that they were in there. So I'm like, wait a minute. What did he say? And then, you know, uh, my brother kind of chimed in and stuff in the back. And he was like, hey, that's a catchphrase. Yes, he watched it. My nephew came in and watched it. But anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. It was out of my realm, but I thought, hang on, I had some other stuff. Um, oh, and it kind of ended weird, but then I thought, wait a minute, this is going to be kind of a franchise. So it didn't have, like Zach was saying earlier, it wasn't a movie where it, it kind of had a beginning, a middle, and an end. It really doesn't end. It ends with kind of you thinking, all right, it's going to be another franchise, and they can do this on and on. But I, I give it five tomato sauce charts. I, I thought it was really Ooh. good. I thought it was a great movie. I really did. But, like again, I'd like to hear Zach and Jeff's take because you guys are really into this uh, genre of movies. But I tell you what, for me, 
I, I had a really good time. It was 110 minutes long, but it went by pretty quick besides that little middle. So, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the, uh, at the very beginning, I was on board 100%. The second act is non-existent. This movie uh, really just drags through the dirt for a little bit. Uh, I had my problems with some of it. Uh, I did find the fight scenes to be well choreographed. I did find them to be very exciting. I did think that there was a lot of cutting you know in the scenes and these are some amazing actors and some amazing martial artists so i always like when they do longer scenes to let the choreography kind of stand out but the fighting itself was cool i did have a problem with sonya blade's character uh a the acting was absolutely awful Uh, but b like she her character is set up to be the only one that knows everything about mortal Kombat. uh yet she's the only character that has to prove herself to get uh to get a mark she's the only one that has to like that doesn't know that you need a mark to get into this for some reason uh and i also found the character of cole to be really just a piece of silly putty like absolutely (laughs) nothing to that character so and my biggest problem because i am a fan of lore that the moral combat is a tournament this movie is not a tournament this movie is we've won nine straight tournaments and before this tournament we're gonna cheat because we don't want to win again i really do not understand why i mean entertaining yes I'm a plot dude, and this one fell a little short, but uh, aggressively entertaining. Yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, well, well put, man. So I, it, it falls under like the uh, thank God I'm in bed, not paying for this category. <laughs> a few things. One, sometimes I agree with you, Sal. That opening scene where they're fighting, and he's got that blade on that rope, and that was yeah, that, was, yeah, that yeah. was an amazing cool, cool. fight yeah. scene. To me, the movie as a whole was like if the five of us got together and said, what do we got in our basement? Let's make a Mortal Kombat movie. Like to me, like that was the level of it. It was obviously a little better than that, but not not that the level I think it should have been. It looked like it looked like they they just knew how to focus on one thing at any given time. I mean, if you watch any movie where there's like a lot of things going on. There was never anything really multiple going on at the same time. It seemed very linear to me. And it felt very linear. And the um, there was one scene in the very beginning where uh, the guy, uh, by, he's, he's by Han. Before, mm-hmm. And he goes, you go, it's been centuries. He goes, you can call me Sub-Zero. I go, it's been centuries and no one knows how he's Sub-Zero. You know what I mean? It's just like it was like little things like that that sometimes. <laughs> well, that was like the weird thing for me was the movie started in the 1600s, and I guess the baby who's a female has the mark. Uh, Sub Zero, who only goes after the mark, cannot find this baby for some reason. And then the movie cuts to 400 years later, where the mark can go. I guess just to the next person in your lifeline i guess but sometimes yeah. you also have to kill people uh but then the idea of it being a female like never came back like it wasn't cole's mom and it wasn't cole you know like i don't understand why they showed a 16 you know 1613 uh, uh ad when it's like what's the point of that i i just yeah it was so many weird things but every time yeah. the fighting was going i was like yeah i'm in i'm in right yeah no, a lot of the fighting was cool and like when they smashed the heads and did some of the things from that yeah but uh, it was, I liked Cole Young, but you're right. It, it wasn't, he wasn't like, he's Can a good, I, he's clearly a good actor, but it I, just I watched didn't it. Do you think, do you think this what do you movie, think, Jeffrey? Oh, yeah, do, ahead, you mind, do you mind if I piped in? Yeah, I, I, I watched it. I don't want to like step on toes. No, no, we, that's what we do here. Go ahead. So, factors. so the, from like a storytelling perspective or a character development perspective, one of the, one of the big issues with the film and the film was written by Greg Russo, who, you know, him and his brother did infinity, um, did X, uh, Avengers in, infinity, uh, war. 
uh, and 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 what is it? And whatever. End game. Well, they didn't, End game. They, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't write those. They directed them. Yeah. Yeah, they directed them. Right. So I mean, he's pretty good. So, uh, but one of the issues with the uh, Cole, Cole is is an uninteresting character. So th- they they create him because they want you to have heart for the characters. They want him to be quote likable. So they put in you know his family and and he's poor and all these they they create all of these things to make him likable but he's not interesting and that's the problem so he can be a likable character who's not interesting which then when you take a, a, a supporting character who is is interesting like Kano for instance hilarious confident cocky knows who he is and they give him all of the best lines that outshines right the central character which then leaves a big hole in the film because now you're rooting and supporting a, a supporting character where we're losing the thrill line of of the whole film. So that's a big issue. And that's one of the reasons why Act 2 dragged on is because they're trying to develop a character who's uninteresting. Very, very well put. Boom. Interesting. Serving the, it the, up. The, the sullen half, the, 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 head, the head of the half. Oh, it, of the, yeah, I love Kung Lao. He's great. He was always <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite characters to play as. Well, my, yeah. my problem with it in general was... You have this extremely powerful group that ran whatever the realm that wins all the combats. And they're like, Earth has the shittiest heroes ever. Let's spend all of our time trying to kill them so we can win. But you, they're the shittiest. They're horrible. Yeah. We're going to win. We're going to beat them. Yeah, but we got to spend times. all our time to get them. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. it just made well, no sense. It's like if the Earth people were good. It would have made sense. Yeah. But all they did was make them good. Ah, that was our plan. Right. Well, that's the that's the issue is that, you know, they were writing for the sequel. And whenever I work with students, I always say write for this film. Don't write for the sequel, because what happens is you put off all of the great stuff that you want for the sequel. But if the first one sucks and it's not good enough to warrant a sequel, then you're already written yourself out of your own project. But this is an IP. It's popular. It's it's got great talent behind it. People loved it, and they really you know did a good job with the martial arts and the kills and all that stuff. So they're going to get a sequel. So the second one, the actual tournament, should be amazing. But ha- had this not had the IP, had this not had all the great talent behind it, this this would not get a sequel. Yeah. Now it came out, I believe, April sixteenth. I read that it made fifty one million dollars. Is that would is that considered really really good for just a couple weeks? I, I mean, COVID. Internet, good. It's probably COVID good. That's what yeah. I was saying. I don't know what's good anymore because it, it, it came out April twenty third. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, that's actually geez. very good for right now. Yeah. It apparently it's it outdid uh, uh, the Snyder cut of Justice League, so um, it's getting a lot of views on HBO Max. Yeah, we could probably also get twice as many views. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how awesome was that? You didn't expect such deepness with Mortal Kombat, did you? But Jeffrey Calhoun, he brings it. Jeffrey Calhoun does not mess around. All right, well, that completes this episode. I hope you enjoyed this sampling of Crossing the Streams, and it inspires you to catch a live show Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, or dive into our YouTube back catalog, or just chill and wait for Thursdays and hear it this way. However you want to, I hope you're enjoying it. This week we covered Mortal Kombat, Only Murders in the Building, and In Treatment. That's a lot of homework for you. Go get comfy on the couch, cross your own streams, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.